Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your hosts, Sean, X-Pac, Wolfman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Was well, going to have a great show. Well, it's still going to be a great show. It's just uh, it's the uh, plans have changed a little bit. We're gonna have we were gonna have Will Osprey on today. I uh, communicated with him last night and decided to push uh, push that back maybe till the end of the month. Um, so I appreciate Will uh, wanting to come on, and uh, I'm grateful for that. And it would have been, and it's gonna be a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like too many much shit happening or that's happened um just what a brutal brutal uh you know uh just like last couple of weeks just i mean in general so uh just people shit um god i feel like doing this over right now just because this is coming out so like um how it's coming out right now it's not very smooth uh but I'm not. Uh, this is it's it's just really tough. Like uh, so many people dying, and and and, and uh, you know you get used to it. I, I when you, when you're me, you get used to it. Like when you had like thirty thirty friends. Uh, there was a while there when like I I think maybe in a three four year period, like twenty five thirty people I knew died. You know, and that's just that's insane. Uh, and it's calmed down a bit, you know, thank God, like it's, it's not happening as much, but it just seems like it's, you know, you know, still when it, uh, when it comes like, you know, that whole, like it comes in threes. I don't know if it comes in threes, but it usually comes in more than one. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so yeah, uh, the obvious ones, like I, I'm going to, um, talk about in a second, but, uh, like um, the, ugh, shit, Jimbo's dad's died, you know, and I'm sorry, Jimbo, um, you know, man, I knew, I, ugh, how do you, how do you even do this right now? I mean, just, uh, because I got to acknowledge it, like, we still got a show to do, Jimbo, but, like, I can't not, like, sit here and, and you know. Well, I appreciate you doing that. Oh. And we love you very much. I love you all, man. Glad and, to be here. Uh, and your dad would be glad that you're here, though. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, so so Jimbo's dad died, and he had a long, long uh, fight. Uh, diabetes. You don't mind me talking about no, it a little bit? It, yeah. And uh, and so, and, that, and, and it really, I can tell, like, it's been weighing heavy on you for a long time. Mom, probably since I've known you, Jimbo. 
that. And uh, um, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you didn't, like, I would have been totally, like, I totally would have understood if you're like, hey, Sean, I can't make it today. But I'm glad you're here. This is like, when, like I was telling you earlier, when Jim, when, when, when Jim Ross's wife passed, when she was taken from him, not passed, because she didn't pass. She was hit by a drunk driver from behind. That's not passing. Um, but Jim, you know, he, you could like go into seclusion and and just kind of curl up in a ball, you know, and deal with it that way. Or you could go be around the people that love you and be around what you love doing. And I just think that's the, in my opinion, that's I think the healthiest way to handle it but what the hell do i know and we know how proud your dad was of you yeah one of his last words were how proud he was and he should be you're an amazing human being and yeah if we're a reflection so, just you know we're a reflection of our parents then he did yeah. a great job so so yeah uh so the the obvious stuff is people know that that uh we lost jim Knightart, and uh, my god that guy holy shit like he was okay <sighs> You know how you know how he was in his promos and like the backstage interviews and how like you know he's always giggling and just I mean that's kind of how he was like always like it was real like my only experiences uh, with Jim and I had a lot of fun with Jim I could like I I was thinking of some stories none of which I can tell right now <laughs> uh, I mean I, there's a few I could tell but I'm just I'm not I'm not gonna. Um, but, uh, um, God damn. Sorry if, if anyone's like getting hot at me for saying GD. That's uh-huh, actually, I'm not that sorry. Don't be right now. Um, yeah, I remember Jim. Okay. My first experience or my first exposure to Jim Neidhart was I grew up in championship wrestling from Florida territory, Tampa, St. Pete. And I just, you know, I was fully invested in wrestling and there were a lot of changes going on in that territory. Uh, a lot of big changes. Dusty was leaving and like there were other people that they were trying to, you know, draw with and, um, and they needed some fresh heels. And so like they brought, uh, Barry Darso, who the people know as demolition smash. smash. Uh, and, but he started his career as crusher Khrushchev. Yeah. As it was played, played a Russian, like with the, you know, and they made the storyline like I'm okay. I'm not gonna get into the Crusher Khrushchev story, but I'm just saying. And they brought in Jim the Anvil Nightheart to team with him, and they were managed. Well, and there was like a trio and Cuban assassin under the mask. He wore a white mask at the time. And it was just called this. Was he? Oh, the Saint. He was called the Saint. Sorry. Um, and he were there were this threesome, and and you know. Uh, and they were the Russians, even though like none of them were Russian. <laughs> uh, but it was great though, and they feuded with the Freebirds and uh, Dutch Mantel was a baby, came in there and I think was maybe booking at the time. I don't know. Um, and the Youngbloods, Mark, uh, Mark and Jay Youngblood, uh, and um, and that was my first like exposure to him. And he was a character like even from the start, and like he was a little rough around the edges in the ring, but man. You know, back then it was it was a little different. Like it was, it was. Uh, back then it was a little different. Duh. Of course it was. Uh, 
Uh, but just, oh my God. This dude, I mean, he, and Gordon Soley had this way of, uh, you know, always putting guys over and building them up. And, you know, so I, you know, you, you knew all about Jim, all about Jim's, you know, amateur background and his being a world-class shot putter. And, mm. you know, even the, him winning the anvil throwing contest in Calgary where he got his nickname. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, hello, is this thing on? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm kind of all over the map here right now, but, uh, your experiences with him were yeah great. Yeah. yeah amazing. And, and so, and he was, a, um, obviously he was known for his stuff with, you know, with Brat and the Heart Foundation. And so, um, yeah, there's some great stuff on WWE Network and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, uh, Heart Foundation versus Demolition. Heart Foundation uh, Bulldogs versus well, I'm obviously the Bulldogs. Everyone, that's the first thing you think of. So I'm not even going to talk about that right now. Demolition, the Brainbusters, the Rockers, uh, even teams that like weren't considered that good. You know, uh, those guys went out and had great matches with, and uh, and the. the like I really, th- I really um, recommend going and watching Heart Foundation versus uh, Demolition from SummerSlam. I think it was 88, 89. I can't remember, but uh, it was two out of three falls. I think it was great. It was fantastic, and uh, um, I reached out to you know different family members, but uh, you know I, I, I consider myself pretty close with Brett, even though we don't, you know. Well, none of us talk every day anymore. You know, we all get our own lives. But like Brett, you know, Brett just said he said I, I just you know sent him my love and he just said thanks. Sean means a lot. I really miss him. We were best of friends. Always, never had a harsh word between us. And I remember him saying that. You know, he would tell me stories like I got I have some really funny stories that Brett told me about Jim. I just don't know if it's proper for me to tell right now. Uh, nothing bad or anything. Just sure. you know. Um. Oh God. Anyways, I'm just, I I just uh. I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to add to this? I I'm, I'm just my, really one sad. One of my favorite Anvil matches is definitely Calgary Stampede, where it was the Heart Foundation against the Legion of Doom, Gold Dust, Ken Shamrock, and Stone Cold. Okay. In Calgary, and it's just like such a great match, and the atmosphere is insane. Yeah. And then Owen gets the win on Stone Cold with a roll up, and then all the crowd goes in the ring, and all the Hart family's there. It was really cool. That's definitely one of my favorite memories of him. I think one of the cool things, too, about the Hart Foundation was that, you know, they complimented each other so well, Jim and Brett. You know, Jim yeah. brought, he brought the charisma, he brought, you mm-hmm. know, he brought something that, you know, I, at a certain point, Brett didn't necessarily have yet. So it was really cool to see that come together. And then also when they had Owen and Brett, and then the fact that, you know, he sided with Owen and not, it added to both of their characters where, you know, it made, mm. it made Owen a stronger heel, made Brett a stronger face. Yeah. And it's just like really cool that, you know, somebody was able to, you know, bring, bring that in, you know? Sure. So I think that's one of the cool things about that. I You just reminded me of something, Denise, because I, like when, when I, okay, so I had some matches with Owen back when I was one, two, three kid. That you know, one I'm particular was pretty famous. But like one that doesn't get talked about was probably a m- month or two down, like later, uh, and it was from Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, 
I worked with Owen, and Jim was on the floor, and I had a great match with Owen. And like Jim, you know, would pop up on the apron and do his thing, and you know, I really added to the to the match and added to that. Owen was already a character, you know, but then just him, him and watching him and he and Jim, you know, interact with each other on screen was was pretty classic stuff, and uh, um. Yeah, I remember one time it was Survivor Series, the one that was in San Antonio that Chuck Norris showed up to. Uh, oh, where he spin kicks Jeff Jarrett? Yeah, <laughs> actually, it was just a sidekick. Uh-huh. But um, uh, like, I was really excited, like, to be in the match with Jim, and like, but in my, I, I didn't have good judgment though. Like, I, I was, I went right to him, and I was like, I put a spot together with Jim. But it like late like a couple years later, I would have known to put it together a little differently to be more like it was totally out of like Jim still tried to do it with me, but it wasn't his type of spot, and like he still tried and and it and it kind of got bumbled up, and he just like looked down at me and was like, "Oops." <laughs> 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 I just remember as a kid, I used to pretend to have a goatee. Yeah. Because, like, his laugh, I mean, you look at Million Dollar Man and Jim and Neidhart, arguably the two greatest laughs in professional wrestling. Yeah. But as a kid, I was a big kid. Like, I almost had, like, a Jim Neidhart body when I was 11. Yeah. So I just, like, I loved him as a character. So I would just walk around doing that laugh, pretending I had a goatee, looking completely insane. So he gave a lot of great memories for our generation, for sure. Um, it reminds me of. Anyways, never mind. Um, yeah, uh, I just um, I doubt uh, Ellie and and the rest of the family are listening, but they are. I just want to send my love to you, Maddie, TJ, like everyone. Like, um, I think the world of your whole family, and uh, and I, my heart really, really hurts for you all right now. And uh, so, yeah. Love you, Jim. Love you very much. So what's what else? Well, uh, some things have uh, come out about the Brian Christopher oh, yeah. situation. That uh, Yeah, see, I went on a rant about this over, like, you know, being locked in solitary by himself for all this time, and, and that wasn't accurate. I was going by the, by the information I had, and, and, uh, and I went off, and I've... And I've I felt very strongly like about how what I thought happened with him and and uh and so I'm not sorry for for, for any any of that. I just I was you know um cuz I I don't think I, I don't think any of what I said was off base. It just right. I looking at these I, I there's a picture right now. Yeah, I just want to warn everybody just in case this may be considered uh, a little graphic, but this is this is a, a photo released. Uh, That's not a picture of a guy that hung himself. That's a picture of somebody fighting for his life that was strangled with something. So I'm with Jerry. I and uh, I, I I don't think he. I don't think I think he was killed. So, Sean, from seeing this photo, for yeah. those of us who may not be clear on the signs and all of that, how would you, what should we be saying had he hung himself? And what are we seeing now that for you says that he was mark, murdered? There's a mark that goes on each side of his neck right there. And it ends like right here in the front. And it should go all the way around if he really did that. And uh, that looks a lot like 
maybe like that looks like his hand was there and trying to keep himself from dying like i mean it looks like he fought for his life uh to me and that's really uh you know like to think about him going out like either either one of these scenarios is absolutely terrible way to go out uh i i i really hope they find i I think it to the bottom of this like i i um I have a feeling it's not going to be easy, though. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the surveillance cameras were down for some reason, sure. and uh, you know, bullshit like that. You know, uh, and 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 you know, I read something where Jerry's really beating himself up over not, um, you know, not bailing Brian out. He was told, he was assured by that sheriff that his son would be okay in there, and it was the best place for him. Uh, obviously that wasn't the case, but Jerry, like, man, don't do that to yourself. Don't. And they are going to look into it. There's a private investigator, um, named, uh, Brian Buckley, who said, looking at the photographs, it does merit a thorough investigation. So they are going to be looking into it. Yeah. One of the other interesting things that I read was that his last phone call with Jerry Lawler, he had said that he thought he was going to die in there. Clearly, he didn't say like, oh, you know, I'm planning on ending yeah. my life or anything like that. But that could give way. Like, what did he mean by that? And then apparently one of the last phone calls that he had with his mom, he had apparently gotten in a fight with somebody. I don't yeah. know the details on that, but he had gotten in a fight, had gotten stitches. So clearly he wasn't protected to the point where if he's getting in a fight, I mean, I don't know how it works in jail, but I'm, I'm assuming they had contact. And, you know, if that was able to happen, then clearly the sheriff, whoever said that he was going to be well protected was clearly not true and also if they're going to be covering something up it's mostly because they probably know that they are at fault because that to me is the only reason why they would even bother covering something up like this if not then they would say like hey he was murdered and this is what happened you know so why cover it up yeah i mean maybe we're jumping the gun here on saying something's there's there's an attempt to cover anything up but i'm just going out on a limb and foreseeing that it's probably going to be the case. They say the person who found him is very important, so he's going to look into it and hopefully talk to the person who did find him and see what kind of information they can get. Or lack of information. Who knows? All right. So. But, yeah. After this, uh, coming up, we're going to have the WrestleZone guys, I believe. Yeah. But first, we have... We're going to be talking oh, yeah. SummerSlam and all types of stuff with, with the WrestleZone guys, but, you know, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, let's I mean, take a break and then we'll come back with that. All right, let's do that. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Xbox 12360 everyone. Took a break there for a second. And uh now I want to talk to you guys about the WWE network. We got a deal for you. Yeah. Uh I've been a paying customer since day 1. Actually, and uh, like this isn't even part of the stuff I got to read here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is my own personal testimony. It's the greatest like value for the entertainment dollar uh, there is, period, anywhere. Trust me, the amount of stuff you get is just incredible. So, all right, WWE Network is an online video streaming service where you can stream every WWE pay-per-view live. Watch more than 10,000 hours of video on demand. That's my favorite part. Get a look behind the scenes with WWE's groundbreaking original series and documentaries. 
I'm on a few of those. Uh, they do an amazing job on all that stuff. Uh, access anywhere, anytime, and on any device, including game consoles, TVs, phones, tablets, and computers. Um, now through August 20th, the special offer just for our listeners, new subscribers, get a two-month free trial when they sign up for the WWE Network at wwenetwork.com slash xpoc it's incredible because right really now good, right? they offer the free month which is fantastic yeah. you get to watch SummerSlam, but now you get an extra month just yeah. for putting slash xpoc at the end that's it that's a gift i i think that's cool because like originally i'm like okay what are they going to do offer us a free month you can already get that <laughs> right but like an extra month like that's and i'm not trying to like you know pump this thing up bigger than it really is but that's pretty damn cool so, like, if you if if you guys like everyone that's listening or watching right now, um, if you've fallen off for some reason, uh, because maybe, anyways, for whatever reason, um, this is a good chance to uh, get, get the WWE Network again because yeah. uh, the two month free trial includes the following pay per views: SummerSlam, which is this Sunday. It's the biggest event of the summer, obviously. Uh, Universal Champion Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns will write the latest chapter in their epic rivalry when they again square off with the title on the line. That's right. We got Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss against Ronda Rousey, baddest woman on the planet. That's going to be a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Braun Strowman puts his money in the bank contract on the line in a rematch against Kevin Owens. Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, Intercontinental Championship. Now Dean Ambrose back in the fold. Who knows what Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I already came. He's put on a few pounds, right? It's been yeah, in the he's gym. Shredded. Yeah. Well, that's what when you're at home and you're not on the road all the time with that grind, like you can do those things, take care of yourself and all that crazy stuff. Got a haircut too. I saw that. That's why I didn't even recognize him first. Yeah. I was like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> um, but yeah, no. What was I? Uh, did you already say this? Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins part. Yeah, we did, and then of okay. course uh, SmackDown Women's Title. Yeah, Carmella looks to defend her title in a triple threat match against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And a match that is going to be incredible. Rivalry renewed, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Wow. I mean, that's like a... There's stuff from them going back to like the early, early days of Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Right? Like from the old community center where they would do those, their first... uh, The tapings that would go to DVD, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, Hell in a Cell is uh, September 16th. Rivalries will be settled. And Hell will be unleashed inside the punishing steel cell. And on uh, October 6th, the (laughs) Super Showdown from Australia, Melbourne, Australia, a historic event featuring both superstars and legends. That's going to be incredible as well. And you'll watch it for free if you go to www.network.com slash xbox. That's right. Go to www.network.com slash xpoc to start your two-month free trial. And, uh, yeah, like when you do that, you can go on the on-demand stuff and uh, and look up and watch all the Heart Foundation matches and, and check out some vintage uh, Jim Neidhart stuff. That, like, and, and those tag matches, like I said, are just classics. We talked about them earlier. Um, and that's what I like. Sometimes I spend, I go down uh, a rabbit hole on WWE Network, and I mean, I can be lost in that thing for just hours and hours and hours. It's, Easily. it like I'm not kidding. I know it's. I'm already. This thing's already done. I already made money up this, and I'm still 
going to just tell you one more time. Uh, this is the greatest value I've, I've ever seen. There's no question. Yeah. I mean, pay-per-views used to be 40 to $50 a piece. Yeah. Now, 10 bucks a month, you still get everything on top of. You get to learn so much more about every superstar, yeah. and it's just uh, it's the coolest thing ever. So, uh, hey, uh, speaking of coolest thing ever, uh, we have my friend Nick Hausman on the line from WrestleZone.com. What's yeah. up? Yeah. Are you there, Nick? I see you. I'm here. I'm here. All right. Here with you. I can't see you, but I, I'm here. Oh, you can't see us. No. Damn it. Oh, man. We're very huh. good looking. It's hey. like a very Orwellian. It's all right. You know, I'm just the subject here. Yeah. Hey, Nick, thanks for thanks for coming on. Like, I know, like, last week when we talked about you coming on, it was going to be for just, you know, uh, talk about NXT TakeOver and preview all that and, you know, SummerSlam. But obviously there's a lot of other things, uh, you know, happen in the wrestling world. So. Yeah, I run a, I run the most traffic website on the planet for pro wrestling news. So I'm yeah, well aware it's been a it's been a busy busy week already. I mean it's the week of SummerSlam, right? But it started off on you know a super somber note, of course, with the the passing of uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Um, yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to open with. I don't know. I threw to you with that. I don't know. I feel bad about that. Don't be. I I already I already talked about Jim in, in great length uh, a little bit ago, uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Like that's de- it's, it's obviously devastating because here's the thing. Okay, a lot of people might not know that Jim had some issues where they thought he might have Alzheimer's or some kind of dementia or something. Because uh, like I was telling I was telling everyone here a little earlier uh, before we went on air that um, you know the last time I did I tell you did I tell you guys on air? No. Okay. Well, like. I'd seen him after a King of Trios uh, thing several years ago, and like I, I knew like, like he was real distant. Like he knew I was, but it was like I could tell. Like you could tell he was asking questions, like he was confused. And then so like when I was talking to Nanny about it, like and, and and TJ, they told me like yeah that they think that might be the case. Um, and so like that was it was disturbing because um, he looked great physically, Nick. Yeah, no. You know, I, yeah. Up until yeah. the day he died, I, I think he looked like Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Some people, like, when they get older, like, when they're in their 60s, they used to be a big dude back in the day, but then they shrivel up and they shrink. And you and you and and it just looks like an old, shriveled-up version of that person. That still looked like Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Yeah. You and know? you could kind of, you could kind of, if anybody, you know, watched Total Divas or whatever, he was a, he was a great part of that show yeah. uh, the past season or so. Uh, and you know, it was, you know, it was kind of funny, you know, dad's a little older do stuff, but you know, knowing what you know, and you know, with an educated eye from the business that you could also kind of start to see Jim was, uh, you know, not yeah. at full capacity there, you know, the past couple of years, which was unfortunate. Yeah, very. Uh, yeah. but like, the, the, the cool thing is like, you know, we, a lot of us have had our issues in the past and, uh, and from everything that I know, Jim had gotten through those issues, and and like, you know, he's living a healthy life for a long time, uh, yeah. for several years now. Like he was doing good, you know, and uh, um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, it sucks. Well, you know, it's just like it's what sucks about it for me is like I like when I know somebody I like love and, and care about. Going through some things like this, it's like I feel part of that pain. Like even though it's not my family member, like but he was my friend, 
uh, Jim was my friend. Uh, anyways, I want to react. We could go I, off onto the. Well, I, I I will ask. You know, I I put up a tweet last night on yeah. Raw where I I thought that. The, they used his passing in the opening promo with Ronda Rousey, and I, I actually kind of liked it. I didn't. I, did. I mean, it, it's going to lead to something with Natalia. I thought it was very fertile. I didn't know if you had a thought on that. I thought it was fine. I'm sure there's going to be the the you know the person that's going to say how that was in bad taste or this or that. But like, you know, we are we are wrestlers. We are like Jim. They're a wrestling family. We're all like. That's how we are. Like, hey, when I die, exploit me on TV. Right. Make an angle out of it. And Make it was- some money off of it. Like, I mean, honestly, that's that's our mentality. So, like, you know, save your outrage. And Rhonda was so genuine. Rhonda was yeah. very genuine when she, when she said that. So I don't I don't see anyone having an issue with that. Yeah, yeah there's gonna be some. I got a lot of people that had issues with it. Just saying that I liked the use of it. I, at the first, I was I was amazed. The first. Flurry of 12 tweets I got back about it were all, this was disgusting. I can't believe they would do this, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I've always heard the same thing from a lot of wrestlers that you just said, Sean, which was, you know, when I am pat when I pass, let, you know, feel free to let me be a part of the show still. Hell, yeah. yeah. Hell yes. I, oh, okay, I'm going to refer back to, since we're probably going to be talking about this guy in a little bit, uh, <laughs> the Undertaker stuff with uh, – with Punk and and Heyman, where where Paulie was dressed up like uh, yep. like uh, like Paul Bear, yeah. after after Paul after Pooh Bear, we call him Pooh Bear, passed, and uh, and people were getting all upset about that and that. Oh my God! And William Moody was looking down at that from heaven or wherever the hell he is. Uh-huh. He would have loved that. Yes, he would have. And 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 uh, just that being used in a very tasteful way in that opening segment uh, last night, I think. Well, last night, <laughs> Monday night. Um, I think. Come on. Well, and for you know? me, Ronda's just such this. Un- she's kind of untouchable, right? She's yes. like Goldberg. You know, you, who's going to beat Ronda Rousey? I think it's interesting that they they chose to do this because Natalia now has like you know however you want to go with the story or whatever. But there's like a real emotional connection there, yeah. and it, it plays something. It's something hard you can always go back to there, whether it's like "thank you for that" or "how dare you bring up my father." Yeah. You know, it kind of raises the stakes for a character like Rondo, where they say, "Who do you get her to work with? How do you keep her interesting?" I, I think it's uh, there was a lot of texture there, obviously. Sure. No, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on on all that. And I kind of when I was when I was watching, and I like I didn't see the whole show or anything last time, but I saw that. Yeah. And I was thinking, okay, somebody's going to have issue with this. Yeah. So, there you go. What are you going to do? Oh, well. Yeah. So what else, Nick? What else? Well, you brought up Punk. We can jump there. I don't yeah, let's do around. it. Yeah. So last time I came on, right, we talked about the, the Punk Cabana suit, right, yeah. against Dr. Chris Amon. Yeah. And I had Ross on, I believe. Uh, turns out uh, there was a reason that Cabana and Punk had separate legal teams. And that is because there were issues going into the trial about who was going to pay for legal expenses. Cabana thinking Punk uh, or Punk apparently told Cabana in some text messages, I'm going to pay for these and then changed his mind. So Cabana is now suing Punk for like $250,000 for legal expenses right now. A twist. (laughs) Twist in this legal case there, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, so, Nick... How do you feel about that? Because you know both of those guys for forever, right? 
I've well, yeah. I mean, I used to do comedy with Cabana, and you know, Punk would come around and stuff. And you know, I these guys were these guys are Chicago bred, right? Yeah. You know, I was doing Chicago pro wrestling, uh, the independent scene. Everybody had a, a Punk story. Everybody had a Cabana story, right? Yeah. And so I f- I feel sad, right? That yeah. you're watching two people that were at one point very good friends. Uh, I don't know if at each other's throats is, pro- is probably at the right. It's level. worse. It's worse than at each other's throats, Nick. And and thing like when you say really good friends, that's an understatement. Uh, Punk used to live in in uh, in, in cold studio apartment with him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't. Did they, I, did they live together? Yeah, they Cold did. Oh, oh yeah, that was a tiny place. I went to Cold yes. Cold very small. Yeah, very small. Yeah, cheap. Uh, it's unfortunate. I stayed in that place one. I stayed in that one night. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just you know knowing everything and I don't know. You think about the whole story yeah. and how you know if this was for some reason some way to get it punk for, you know, leaving the company and, you know, they didn't like what was said or, you know, whatever Vince McMahon or whoever is, you know, getting a chance to watch these two guys now go at each other. And that's a man. It's a very sad state of affairs. It's it's tough to watch things come to this, you know, and and I can't even imagine being inside of it, to be quite frank. Nick, you covered the entire trial, and then all of a sudden this was sprung up out of nowhere. I know that I was completely shocked, but since you were there, how were you as surprised that this come out of nowhere, or did you kind of see it coming? I know it's hard to say, but... I... I kind of I I don't really like to pry with these guys uh, too hard, and they don't really like to give out notoriously any info. Uh, at the end, AJ went over and hugged Colt. There was a little bit of exchange. I didn't know why they had different legal teams. Looking back on it, it was like something that had crossed my mind, but I didn't think too hard about. Um, looking back on the trial now, looking at what's happening, you know, because of these new revelations, it, it kind of I mean, it does make some sense. Uh, I remember at the very, very end of the trial, uh, it was like after I did the the post interview with Cabana, I asked him, I don't know if I've ever said this, but I asked him if he was going to the UFC event to go watch Punk because Punk was fighting in like five days. Cabana was like, no. And that was the first that was really the only solid tell I could get that there there was not. The bridge had not been rebuilt. There was still Mm. some discord there. So in other words, it was one of those situations. Let's coexist during this trial let's win the trial and then afterwards all bets are off essentially yeah and i after the fact i think it might have been on the the bully ratio uh it we were talking about it and i described it as you know two guys in a foxhole right you know you're in war and you know that if you can make it through together you can deal with you know tomorrow when the sun comes up and and i'm looking back on that even that metaphor i'm like wow how appropriate you know like they made it through the night now it's you know oh wow i didn't know you from germany well i'm from america i guess we'll talk later you know hey hey nick so uh i didn't mean to cut you off if you were in mid-thought right there i just i um i i'm i'm hearing that there's some backlash against punk now from people of chicago is that overblown or is that is there is that a thing? Man, you know it's like you know that it's it's divo- it's public pro wrestling divorce, right? You got to pick yeah. a side, mom or dad. You know, uh, I don't know. I think All In Weekend is going to be the huge tell. 
Uh, Cabana's booked. He's in the the over the budget battle royal. Yeah. Uh, on WG in America, uh, an hour before they go live on pay per view. Cheap plug. And uh, he's also doing Starcast weekend. Punk will be at Pro Wrestling Tees. He's advertised, I think, for two or three signings. Um, I will be very interested to hear the stories coming out of All In Weekend. I think it's uh, that will be the real tale of the tape. You know. Yeah. To see how. To see how fans get along with it. Do you have any uh, any guess? You don't. You you kind of don't have a barometer. You can't wet your thumb and stick your <laughs> finger in there. I mean, you know, look, Punk is a historically unlikable person. Get right? out of town. Get, to, <laughs> get the know, hell out of be, town. To be quite blunt, right? And Cabana <laughs> Cabana has always made a career on being the nice guy that everybody likes and does interviews and you know revolutionize the game of independent merchandising and, and podcasting. So it's, it, I, I think it's going to be on punk. Honestly, if he, if he cares enough to maintain a public appearance and public standing, then I, I think he'll act a certain way, yeah. but if he doesn't care, then it could be a different story. It's over money. This is the whole thing's over money, right? Like, I mean, it, I, well, he's seeking two hundred thousand in yeah. general damages and one min one million in punitive and exemplary. So I wow. feel like that's that's a lot of money. So I'm actually curious to know if CM Punk and his attorney team saw this coming, considering that the email that CM Punk sent to Cocabana was dated back to 2016, letting him know that he was not going to cover his portion of, of of the legal bills. So I'm wondering if they had already somewhat saw this coming, maybe prepared in advance. I don't know if you could see something like this coming. I have uh, a friend who's... Uh a legal person, not really a wrestling person. I was talking to him about this and they said it was very interesting that in the initial reveal that Cabana uh, was going to court with punk, that there was a reveal that there was a text where Cabana had, you know, some proof that punk had, had done something. Now I don't know how leaks or things happen like that, but if you're trying to create some kind of trying to send a signal that we're, we're not going to be soft here, we're playing hardball, uh, letting, letting information like that get out to the public would certainly send a strong signal like that. Well, Nick, do you see this as being maybe just a, a settlement? Because a million dollars is is quite a bit, and I don't I don't think Cabana expects to get that kind of money. Do you see this as just Punk wanting to not go back to court and just settling for a certain amount, or do you think two heads are going to butt once again and and stubbornness will just kind of reign? I, I don't I don't know. I would hope this results in a settlement. I mean, it, it seemed like a long shot that the last case was going to go to trial. From what I've kind of learned after the fact. Uh, typically defamation cases don't get to that point, right? So that was already kind of uh, out there. Uh, I, 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 I definitely, I do feel like this is going to get settled out of court, but any, anything, right? It's like anything can happen. I don't know. I would, I would think it will be settled out of court. I hope so, at least. I do too, and it's really, uh, you know, going back to what you're saying at the beginning of talking about this is really sad. Like especially when you know, especially when you know the two people. You know, yeah. and you're fond of both of them, which I am. And even though, like, like you said, yeah, Punk is like naturally not a. He, he's he can be unlikable. Like he has that quality, but I, I, I but I like him. Yeah, I, he's part of like, why I like him is because of him being unlikable. <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing: is they have both always been cool to me. That yeah. is my per. Like after the trial, they both gave me interviews, video interviews, before everybody else, right? So I, I don't really have any axe to grind here either way. I just see two people that have been cool to me and have definitely contributed, you know, to the business in a meaningful way. Yeah. And it 
I'm sad to see that, you know, it, it's come to this. You never want to see this happen to, to anybody, you know, yeah. let alone two friends. Exactly. Good friends, better enemies. Right. Uh, 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 uh. That was, what was that in your house pay-per-view? Yeah, dude, Sean, that was Sean, Sean versus Sean. Diesel with where when when Kev uh, pulled off Mad Dog Vishon's wooden leg. Was that the first time they did the table spot too? Maybe, yeah. I think Might Sean have been. Went, that's where Sean went through the table and all the the monitors flew. Yeah, anything like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's funny. You brought that did up. Mad Dog know Kevin Nash was going to do that. Of course he did, but to the day Mad Dog died, he swore to God he didn't know that was coming. <laughs> but of course yeah. he knew. Yeah, I remember watching a documentary. Sean talked, I think, about how they were like, we don't really know what to do. You saw, like, I think there was a fire extinguisher in that match. And I think he was wearing, like, boots because it was, like, a street fight. And I think yeah. he just, like, straight up took his boot off and just, like, hits Nash with it. Yeah. And, like, watching it back, it's like, that that looked very painful, you know. So. Hey. hey, so, um, Nick, we already talked, uh, well, I already talked about, uh, like, the stuff with with uh, with Brian Lawler, with, with um Oh yeah, Jerry. you know. I mean, I went off on a rant, Nick. I mean, I've already described for anyone that like is listening or watching right now. That's, you know, sorry, I'm talking about this for a second time on the show, but I think it's important. Um, you know, I went off on a rant, Nick, and I think you you probably saw some of it. You know, um, about the way I thought he passed and like that he hung himself and you know he was in solitary for all this time. But like looking at that picture, I'm. I'm pretty sure he didn't hang himself, Nick. Did you, you see the picture? I have. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I've seen the picture you're talking. I know yeah, that Jerry, the, the we, marks on the side of the neck, and you could tell, like looking at, it, like, like there's no marks in the front, and it's like it looks like you know some someone was trying to like choke him with something, and he was trying to stop it with his hand in the front. You know, yeah, uh, that's exactly what it looks like, and. Um, yeah, because the, the 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 mark would have gone all the way around, completely all the way around his neck. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm pulling him up here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I feel weird getting too deep into yeah. this. It, admittedly, I have to do a show with Jerry uh, in like two weeks in in Chicago here. Uh, him and Jim Ross are coming to town to host it, so I feel like maybe mentally I've been trying to block out like a lot of the the buzz around yeah. it because I feel so bad. That again, it's like I, all the stories we're talking about to start this. Like, I just feel bad, right? That this man is dealing with this right now, especially in like such a public way. Yes. You know? And then, um, you know, he's beating himself up over I should have bailed him out. Like, he did what he thought was right based on, you know, what this sheriff told him. Like, no, leave your son in here. We'll take care of him. Don't worry. You know, he was assured. So uh, I, I, I just wish that he wouldn't beat himself up over this because, I mean, that's. I mean, it's hard enough that you know your son is 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 gone, and then to blame yeah. to blame it on yourself is is really uh, yeah. I, I try to you know I know that on WrestleZone, I mean we report. I know we ran the photos with uh, the Jerry J- Jerry released. Yeah. Um, you know, we cover so much stuff on the site, and you know something like this, you watch you're you're literally watching somebody publicly grieve right yeah. right this. You know, almost and like with a with a lot of big personalities like jerry you know the public is a person to them in yeah. a way you know and so i see stories like this and i see jerry's battle with this and again like that's why again maybe for right now i haven't dug too deeply into the case because yeah. it, I, I see it more as you know this is a man who's grieving with something right now and i just want to try to 
you know, I don't know, give that give that some space, in my opinion. So. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. Maybe I understand the news too well, I guess. Makes me sad. Yeah. What else, uh, man? Can we talk about something uh, more uplifting? Yes, yes I'm please. hoping so. We need yeah, it. Please. Okay. Um, did you talk about how Ring of Honor sold out Madison Square Garden and how we, awesome that is for pro wrestling? No, let's talk about that. Yeah, They sold out Madison Square Garden. Them and New Japan, both. It's yes. a co-promoted show taking place the night before WrestleMania. Have you opened up at all about what you think Ring of Honor and New Japan's doing here, literally walking up to WWE's doorstep 24 hours before WrestleMania and, and selling out a show in, in a venue they're known for? Um, I, did we talk about any of the? Because I mean, they had we talked about them getting the date. Yeah, you know, but they, uh, so, I mean, like, last week they hadn't sold the place out yet. So yeah, it's, it's done. It happened five yeah. days ago. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and it ha- I mean, it happened in the first day, right? That that, that twenty ticket, minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. You know, like a body, like, I don't know, was it last year or something? Uh, I've been saying this for a while, Nick. Oh, God, here I go again. <laughs> I, I told you guys. But, like, I've been trying to people, yeah, there's a wrestling boom going on. And people want to argue with me nonstop. Oh, no, there isn't. Oh, wrestling's dead. Give me a freaking break. Right. Right. I agree. But, I mean, how... WWE is untouchable, right? But how seriously do you think they take a wave like this? I mean, for a venue like Madison Square Garden to let Ring of Honor New Japan come in and even do this, that's a, that's a changing of the tide. That's yes. a changing the way the the people who are doing business are now doing business with different people. Yes, that, it's very interesting. Well, they the people that are doing business didn't realize there was other viable people to do businesses business with besides WWE, Nick. Yeah, you know. Well, but then when you hear okay. Holy shit! They just sold out uh, the United, not the United, the UIC Pavilion, whatever it's called now, in Chicago in 30 minutes. Oh my god! Okay, now uh, people are like, like that's that's huge. And then you know, so word spreads, and and now people want to get involved with wrestling more. I mean, yeah. just because of that, because they because they know like it's hard to get in bed with WWE. But these other wrestling, eh, you know, now they're going, okay. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, it, and that's the thing is those companies, those promotions are so much, you know, on my end as a press person, you know, New Japan, I was at the the G1 uh, special they did out yeah. in uh, San Francisco. Yes. Awesome show. Uh, about 80% sold out. Not a complete sellout at the Cow Palace. But they had the press room where you do the post-show interviews or yeah. the post-match interviews with the wrestlers. Right across the hall from where there was like a seated section, so you could either be in the venue or backstage in the press area interviewing talent after matches yeah. and stuff. And it felt like you were at a, an event. It felt like a like a UFC styled coverage event. Yeah. And you know, it, you get better content. You can create more buzz when you have that kind of content that you're sharing as press. And so I'm wondering if WWE is not going to change the the way they handle the press a little bit when it comes to these shows. Well, the, here's the thing. The reason why why New Japan does that is just because of the way the wrestling business worked in Japan for all these years. Um, it's a look like like they did ninety. I I'm, I don't want to put a number on it. They did a majority of their promotion through the media, through the magazines, through the Tokyo Sports newspaper, through. Uh, Kobayashi from Weekly Pro Wrestling is here in studio with with us right now through their magazine. Um, 
and that's how they promote it. Like you know, so um, so they catered to the press a lot more, you know, and 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 they didn't look at the press as the enemy, and and so like WWE had an adversarial uh, relationship with the wrestling press for years. Hmm. Uh, so I just think it's been it's it's you know it, it's grown differently. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I will say this. I didn't. I don't know. I don't usually talk about uh, the press stuff I do at WWE, but they are opening up a little bit. For sure. They are, that's why That's why I'm actually going to take over this Saturday because uh, there will be like a little bit of a scrum afterwards. I got to talk to Hunter when he, they were here in uh, Chicago, Yeah. right, which you saw. Uh, so it looks like they're going to be at least opening up like in, in that where we'll get to do kind of a, a post-match scrum like that, probably with Hunter, I think with Hunter. Um, but... At the same time, man, how great would those post NXT takeover match press conferences Oof. be, right? Yes. Fire. Yeah, because here's the thing about those. When you catch somebody right after their match, either in ring or just coming back through the door, you get them still worked up. And it's easy to get the best stuff out of them when, when they're in, in, in that moment. Dude, yeah, yeah, and the takeover car. I mean, the takeover or the NXT roster right now is just. I mean, we've talked in the past about how how bloated and stacked NXT yeah. roster has been. It is insanity right now, and to be able to get those two guys to come through and yeah, walk, like you say, in the heat of that moment, coming right out of it, right on fire, catching them, being able to do you know sixty to ninety second viral clips. You got it on Sports Illustrated, WrestleZone, all you know, all the outlets, that yeah. kind of thing. I, I, I think that's a. A very smart way to go. If anybody's listening, hello, anyone? Hello. <laughs> oh, tons of people are listening. Trust me, Nick. Important people listening. Yes, hello. <laughs> you want to drive? Definitely important people listen to this show, Nick. Trust me. Nick, I have a two-part question regarding the MSG <laughs> event. So earlier, Ring of Honor New Japan attempted to have an event there, and the kibosh was put on, on yeah. it. Have you heard about how they managed to do it now officially? And secondly, my friend Google says that MSG can seat 18,500 for a wrestling event. Are we talking like as a sellout, they already sold almost that many tickets in 20 minutes? Yeah. Have you heard anything about that? I believe it is. I believe it is. The, I think it is about 18,000. And the uh, the question about how they got over the Madison Square Garden issue, uh, I, I actually going to find out in the morning. And uh, I didn't mean to plug this, but... Uh, I'm going to have Joe Koff on for an interview yeah. with WrestleZone specifically about this issue, how they were able to turn the tide. I'm going to so, go out on a limb and guess. What do you What do you think it was? I'm going to guess that um, WWE went off on, on MSG about giving that date to, to them. W, uh, MSG tried to back out, and they were threatened with legal uh, action. And they said, okay, sorry, we, we got to give it to them. That's a very good hypothesis, and I will <laughs> I will posit that to uh, to Mr. Koff uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you, my interview with Joe should drop about the same time as this. So, a little companion piece there for you. So, nice. so check. That out I want to get Joe on the show here. He's a great guy to talk to. I scared him. He was uh, he was trying to hide at the G one special yeah. in the Cap Palace, and he was like in his own little darkened seat, right? And I I saw his hair, yeah. right, puffing up over the ledge there, or whatever. And I poked around. I go, hi, Joe. And he jumped a little bit. Because <laughs> I talked to him. I talked to him uh, on your show one time. We, we were on together, right? Yeah, that's true. We were <laughs> with that. And also, can I tell the best Joe Koff story? Please. Just real quick? So when we were doing the Supercard of Honor show, uh, WrestleMania week, they were doing the Supercard of Honor show, and I was there as press. The Kingdom was out in the parking lot doing this protest against the show. And I grabbed Joe and asked him if I could get him to go 
confront the kingdom since they seem to have issue with Ring of Honor management. And he not only did it, but let me live stream the whole thing on WrestleZone's Facebook page. And I just thought that was like the the coolest thing he could have done. I just thought it was a very mwah, wonderful thing he did there. Is that Mason a storyline thing or a shoot? I, I, we, I treated it like it was a real deal, and that's what it looked like. So it was fine. Worked out very well. Oh, I'm just like, what I'm saying is like, I'm, I'm a little confused. Was there like a legitimate protest oh. or was this a storyline thing? Well, the kingdom has a conspiracy against them in Ring of Honor, Sean, where oh, okay. there are people trying to keep them from the six-man titles that they never lost originally um, before some, I think it was TK went out with injury. So they, they're on a quest to keep the, the six-man titles. There's a conspiracy against them from Ring of Honor. So oh, the, should, They're getting screwed by the office? Yes. It's a pretty absolutely. common story. Like we're, I, all wrestlers all wrestlers got screwed. We but, all but did. They were, they were out in the parking lot. They had a van. They had megaphones. They were doing – they had protest signs. They yeah. had about 100, 200 people out there at one point. And it was just like – it was a great, awesome companion thing to the show. Like you show up and you're like, what the hell is going on over here? And you got the kingdom, mm. li- kingdom literally creating this chaos outside yeah. the, the building, uh, raging against Ring of Honor. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. Hey. How- so, anyways, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, Jimbo. Hold your thought. Uh, um, so, gloves are off now, right? That's the thing. Um, this is okay. They picked a fight. They they didn't just like they're not just like uh, you know a couple blocks away talking shit. Now they they like went up right to their doorstep and and knocked on the door and punched him in the face when they when the guy opened the door. Basically, uh, you know, going in MSG like that. WrestleMania weekend. So, uh, you know, you can expect WWE uh, to not be doing any favors in the future as far as, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, still friendly competition or whatever, but maybe just a little less friendly now. Well, I mean, you remember New Orleans weekend, there was the the laws that were passed against wrestling movies yeah. that were banned independent shows, but that didn't apply to Ring of Honor for some reason. So that's maybe something you could draw a straight line to you're saying that wouldn't happen necessarily in the future right okay fair enough yeah yeah i don't know man i don't know how i don't know how all this stuff works i just cover it you know i uh i hope that uh this leads to uh just more opportunities for wrestlers and that everybody can play ball and it doesn't become too contentious and i think wwe would i i think that they would prefer that too because if they seem like new japan and ring of honor are affecting them in any way I think that in a, in a subtle way, you're starting to acknowledge competition. Yes. You know? Oh, no, they will. And I think the most important thing that can't get lost, 18,000 tickets. Right. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good hook, though, right? Madison Square Garden, night before WrestleMania. I mean, that's a, it's a really, really good hook. You Do you know? think it's smart yeah. to go up against NXT? Obviously. <laughs> I would have went up against the Hall of Fame. Sure. Well, yeah, but they, I, wonder, I mean, the tickets are sold, Jimbo, so it's uh, going to be full. Okay. Like it's so I, it was a good decision. It's possible they could have had a concert scheduled on Friday. Who knows? Because it's MSG. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, eighteen thousand—that's just well, amazing. Do you know if they've sold? Is Takeover tickets on sale yet? Have they announced Takeover the night before Mania? Have they sold those tickets or no? Oh, really? <laughs> Oops. Well, I don't know that they have because I wonder if they wouldn't consider flipping Takeover to Friday and doing Hall of Fame on Saturday. Uh, I doubt it. There's there's a reason why they put it why they switched it. uh... You know, I mean, especially if we get another hillbilly gem with this four hour speech, and guys guys are 
you know, having to tiptoe out of there finally, like just so they can, you know, get to bed out of this match of their career the next day. Of course, they got to bring it back to giving hillbilly shit over his speech, right? (laughs) Do you think there should be a time limit on speeches? Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the longest you think a speech should go? Fifteen minutes? Uh, something like that. It's, uh, different different times. If if, if you, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a wrestling card. Different matches go different times. Sure. Cur- the, you know, if you're jerking the curtain, 10, 15 minutes. Get it done. This is give, a show. And, give and, yourself, okay. Give you yourself know. a time. I want to know how long you would give Sean Waltman. Fifteen minutes. I, 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 you know, if I went over five, that's still only 20. Shit. I don't know why this makes me laugh so much. Thinking about you handing out times for the Hall of Fame. Well, it's just like, you know, it's just the most selfish damn thing in the world. And like, like no, I know you, it's, it's about you when you're up there, but like still, oh my God. Anyway, I don't, I did not mean to go up on a, Hall thanks Jimbo. Rant. All right. It's all your fault. <laughs> we love you, Jimbo. <laughs> Sorry. Before before we dive deep dive here, I know we're going to talk SummerSlam and Takeover. Yeah. Uh, while we're talking wonderful uh, promos, uh, I just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that Paul Heyman is on another level mm-hmm. right now. What he did on Raw last night, what he did last. Did you see? Did you see the epic performance he put on last night on Raw, Sean? I didn't. Wow. Yeah, that kind of sucks, right? Just when I didn't think he can top last week, which just was mastery in in acting, and that interview with Renee Young, oh, Denise, he showed yeah. up last night, and you're right, next level. Yeah, I know. I honestly totally agree. I feel like every time we think that Paul Heyman can't do any better or get any better, he's like, yeah, yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he's always yeah. been the best. For like, I mean, since not that long after he. Was Started uh, as a manager. I mean, it was a little rough around the edges at first. So, do you know what happened, Sean, on the show with this the segment with with Paul? I heard that like I heard somehow Roman Reigns got pepper sprayed. Yes, yes, that's that's fine. Yeah, and that's they, what happened. And then yeah. they and then they threw water on it to make it feel better. And they made it much worse. Like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah, that's good. But no, he he gave this very impassioned uh, promo about the history he had with Roman's family, and he, you know, gave this great uh, line that his dad would tell people that were getting into the business to keep him focused. This family Samoan uh, line, and it was just very, very good. And you thought that you you even kind of wanted it there for a second. You were like, Roman, you know what? Trust this Heyman fellow. Join him. Then he pepper sprayed him in the face. It was incredible. Mm. And Lesnar made the most of that uh, $125,000 appearance fee, came down and <laughs> did a couple minutes of work, and that was it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Lesnar's looking lean, and Dean Ambrose is looking bulkier. It's amazing. What a world right now. <laughs> I'll say this. I mean, Lesnar, I'm sorry, Heyman is, I know we're not supposed to be into Lesnar and Reigns, and that's the common consensus amongst fans, but I got to be honest, uh, Heyman is doing everything possible. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. <sighs> just it's so many man i mean i'm excited for SummerSlam. i'm hosting a SummerSlam party here in in chicago which we'll talk about later kevin nash will be there and you can all come but there's 14 matches is this thing i think it's gonna go eight hours something like that that's a long show that's horrifying i'm sorry that's i mean that's 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 too much from i can't consume that they shouldn't call them pay they should just they should lean into festival culture yeah i think you know, if you're going to go out for eight, 12 hours, get some bands, right? 
drop the ring out in the field, you know, maybe a little Road Wild-esque, you know. I mean, just go out there, full on, just throw an all-day festival of wrestling and music, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, let's, let's revisit Road Wild. That was such an... <laughs> That was that was such an incredible work environment. We just love that. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it like that, Nick. Maybe somebody else. Exactly. Yeah, I was just standing in the middle of the ring, and all of a sudden, a big, like, half-a-gallon Gatorade jug about hat. Like, oh, it was no. almost full. Flying through there, hits me right in the back of the head. I thought somebody came in the ring and, 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 and like, and hit me full on. That's how bad, that's how, like, you know... Uh, a Gatorade jug like that flying through the air 100 feet and then whacking you. Like, the, it almost took me off my feet. That's not the way you want to get your electrolytes. That was brutal. So. Uh, maybe more bash at the beach. Is that better? Not really, Nick. I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of wrestling outside. I mean, if we're talking about like in a stadium, you know, like, okay. And if, if it's full, but sure. eh. Maybe. Maybe like uncensored, like on the back of an 18 wheeler. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> uh, uh, do you, should we? Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go through all these matches and everything? Best do we really time? like? That's a lot of matches. Yeah, that's a lot of matches, Nick. Do we really want to go through all of them? What do you want to talk about? Well, I just want to talk about the uh, the main <laughs> stuff. You know, okay. like, I, I don't want to get. I don't want to like talk about all 14 matches. Okay. Well, <laughs> you want to what you want to start with Daniel Bryan Miz? Yeah. Are you happy with how this one has gone? Do you like this build? It's been like the centerpiece of it's fine. Here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's it's fine. I thought I think they've done a, a, a pretty good job. You know. I praise. Uh, I I mean I, it's it's it, it's not like you know didn't yeah. blow it hasn't blown me away or anything, but it's 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 strong. It's solid stuff. It kind of feels like the this, the restart to what will build to like another match at some point, right? Yeah. I don't think this is like the the final match by any means between these two. It's more of right. a, a restart of the feud. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, and yeah. uh, I have we seen anything from them yet? Singles match wise, like that. Well, before before Brian went out with injury, of course, these two had a had a great feud together. Yeah, but I mean, eh. not 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 since he's come back. No, I don't think so. What I have seen is the Miz and Mrs. reality series, which I'm a very big fan of. And are you? Oh yeah, dude, I love that. <laughs> I'm a just I'm a fan of, of those two. I think they're. I think uh, I don't know why they move. Why they move to Austin though? I didn't know they did. I think in L.A. Um, uh, well, Maurice and the, the Total Diva show sold their house because she's a real estate broker. And I think that there was like a break in or like several break ins. And uh, Maurice's mom was living there and they felt uncomfortable. They took Maurice's mom to a, a gun range in yeah. one episode. Hilarious. And uh, yeah. And then I think they moved to Austin to kind of get away from that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. huh. I know a lot about the Total Divas, Total Bellas franchise. I really enjoy it. It's like a, a thing that we look forward to here in our household. Yeah, did you see Total Bellas uh, with, um, with with Lula Waltman? Oh, Cameo? I texted you about that. Yeah, Liz Liz is the one who spotted you. Yeah, and, tr and truthfully, she spotted Lula first. She said, "Oh my God, look, there's an adorable dog." And then she goes, "Oh, and Sean." Yeah. 
Yeah, we were up there like talking to Steph and, and Hunter about the match they just had with uh, with Kurt and Ronda. Oh, okay. And yeah. and so Shane and Shane and 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 uh, Brian were getting ready to have their match, and you know Shane looked like he already worked. Like he he was so he was sweaty because he like he was so worked up like getting ready to go out of the curtain like I thought he'd already had his match and somehow I missed it so I mean just to ask I mean you know you say you were there after Ronda's match right because yeah. um, I know you're close with her and to talk to Hunter and Steph and everybody but you're back behind the curtain just before Daniel Bryan is about to make his in ring return at WrestleMania yes I mean did, how did that feel to be now knowing you were there how did that feel I didn't. It, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was talking to Steph and, and Hunter and like, and, and, and honestly, it looked like just another, uh, day on the job for, for, uh, Daniel, for Brian. Man, that's crazy. It did. Like, I mean, he wasn't like all, like, he didn't look like, he didn't look like, oh my God, I'm nervous. Like this is, you know, well, and nothing like watch, that. If you watch total Bellas, right. And the sequence you're in, yeah. you know, that the 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 season finale was two episodes. The first half was about Daniel's comeback and return at WrestleMania, beautifully told. Daniel cries after the match. They like connect via Skype with his new baby and all this stuff. Birdie, yeah. very Birdie may have been there. I don't know. Very emotional yeah, moment I saw that. there. Yeah. Then they flip to Nikki and John Cena's nonsense for the next half hour. It's very disparate. Yeah. Very. Have you t- do you, have you talked at length about how you feel about John Cena's love life? Oh, of course no. I have. I usually talk about it at least once every show. <laughs> I, I just can't get into it, man. And like, it's it's amazing to me. Like, it must be a, a different section of the wrestling fandom that even gives a shit. Like, you know, the same people that watch the other, like you know, Kardashian and things like that. Because like, I mean, I just yeah. I don't know. Well, Nick, back to the SummerSlam match, you know, you could argue that The Miz and Daniel Bryan, this is the longest running story we have on the card. For those people who think that if if Roman and Brock close out SummerSlam, you know, maybe there's a risk that the same thing that happened at WrestleMania with the crowd, the beach balls and just taking over the show. Do you think that maybe that match should not close out the show? Maybe Miz and Daniel Bryan, maybe AJ and Joe? I mean, I don't know how you can't close it with, with anything other than Lesnar and Reigns. I, I mean, it's, Heyman has been so good at making this interesting. You know, they, Miz and Daniel Bryan have had a, a, a story feud. Obviously, there was a, a big gap there with Daniel going out with injury. But Brock and Roman has gone for like four years now, right? It's like four or five years at this point. It is. Because yeah. it was it was when it was the same WrestleMania he was supposed to win the title as when when Hunter worked with Sting and, and we did all the NWO versus DX stuff. Yep, 31. Yep. Seems like forever ago. Yeah. I mean, this is not like this match doesn't have a boatload of history as well. It's just fans haven't been on the hook for it uh, quite like they have Miz and, Miz and Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I hope they close with Lesnar Reigns. I hope they have something cool planned. I know it seems like a foregone conclusion that Roman is going to win this belt. I think he loses. Am I crazy for thinking that, Sean? Uh, no, you're not. Okay. Because uh, I think it's either because uh, it could be used. It could be used to turn him heel, or he could turn heel, and that's how he wins the title. 
yeah, by maybe. doing something extremely heelish. You know? Do you think they? Do you think they'd like the idea of Brock having the WWE title while he's doing a UFC fight? Do you think that adds more or less prestige or would interest the company? Uh, at all? I'm not sure. And especially if he has a uh, WWE title and God forbid pops dirty on that drug test. Brock never. Well, I mean, it was like the last time he popped dirty for something that was Clomid. It's not even a big deal. Like it's, it's still on the substance list, but it's not like a, uh, it's not like a, a steroid. It's, it's steroid. what people use. Like people use Clomid to make their body start producing testosterone or, or to, um, when they're trying to have kids. Like a little kickstart. Yeah. It helps, it helps, um, it helps your, Testicles produce luteinizing hormone. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Could, could you see me on camera here? What I was doing? Yeah, juggling a couple of balls. Massaging. <laughs> oh, massaging them. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all. And I. I, um, I yeah. Well, I think it's a great. Man. I mean, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, no doubt will be great if given time. Right. We don't really know what they have planned for it, but it seems more like. Kind of like the Miz and Brian match seems more like they're starting something up here. Yep. Whereas I think with Reigns and Brock, they're gonna they're gonna do obviously or maybe not obviously, but I think they're gonna do something that's gonna have some definitiveness to it. Would be my guess. I think there's gonna be something big, and I think the I think at the end of it, I'm this is just a guess. I think at the end of it, people are of the Roman Brock thing. People are gonna go okay now, like. All right, I'm not saying like okay, it was worth it, or like I, I don't know how I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I know what I'm thinking, but I don't know how to say it. Um, I think people are gonna be satisfied with how they how they do that. I think it's gonna be something big and something like a heel turn or something like that that's gonna really make people go okay. Like by the end, the ends will justify the means. Exactly. Thank you, Mark Donica. Gotcha. Shit. Do you think we see a cash in possibly, and that could be the way to close out the the entire thing? Who's got the Who's got the briefcase? Braun, but he's facing uh-huh. Kevin for it. So, yeah, it could be like a Kevin wins the t- the briefcase and cashes in it. Mm-hmm. Huh. What do you think, Nick? I hate. I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but if you threw it to me, I hate this. Uh, I don't understand why Braun ever won the briefcase. I don't like when the briefcase is something that is on the line in a match. Mm-hmm. It seems weird mm-hmm. to me. Um, and uh, lazy writing. Yeah, yeah Kevin should. If they're gonna put the, if they're gonna give the briefcase to Kevin Owens, he should have just won the briefcase, right? Yeah. And would have been great in that. I think the Miz would have been a layup for the briefcase. I mean, it, that guy taking the world title. From a deserving world champion at any given moment, monster. I can tell you, wrestles on a napalm meltdown, yeah. right? Um, but uh, but with Braun holding the briefcase, he keeps the briefcase. Like he, he doesn't need it. Like a guy like that. It's like, just, Ooh, what's that guy carrying that stupid briefcase around for? It looks <laughs> stupid. So they could sell T-shirts that say "Monster in the Bank." Exactly. Yeah. Grip on it, right? I mean, I don't see him cashing this in. I. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the way they're handling the money in the bank this time around for the men. So, my personal taste. If you're not a fan, neither am I, Nick. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and let's see here. Anything else? Oh, yeah. I wanted to. I kind of wanted to get your impression on Constable Baron Corbin. Do yeah. you think this is a good change of pace for Baron Corbin here? Not a fan. 
Not a fan. No. Not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like down on it completely, but there's just certain things about I'm just, eh. I, I don't like the whole, like, I don't, I, I don't, I, I like the, the, um, I like that he got the haircut. I like that. I like the change in the look. I like some of the mic where I just don't, like, I'm not feeling it. Like in the, the, the look, the, the dressing in the all black stuff and wrestling like that, uh, um, it's hard for me to take him seriously as, as anything, but you know, and I, he's the kind of guy you want to take serious, a big old dude. And I don't know. I'm just not feeling it, Nick. I'm not feeling it, man. Now, Denise, you're shaking your head as well. Oh no. Cause I totally agree. I I feel like the second that he came out, like in the business or whatever yeah. you want to call it, I felt like, okay, first of all, like that guy for that character should not be wearing that. I feel like he should have more of a diesel look, you know, with like maybe some like, you know, he should just look more tough. I guess you can say like, you're supposed to be like this, this guy, this bad guy that's, you know, I guess having some sort of like a, you know, like an office, but like a bad person sort of thing, yeah. almost almost like a hitman I guess you can say somewhat so I feel like you should have a different look and I with that I just I wasn't a fan of Baron Corbin before and now it's like a lot less before we get Nick's opinion can I disagree Am I allowed of to disagree? Yeah. Uh, that's why I have you on here. I don't. I don't want a bunch of sycophants on my show. Love everything about Baron Corbin. I love that you see how much joy he takes in being the fun ruiner. I think he's owning this character. I think he's been great on the mic. I I love the Constable Corbin character, and I, I was a big fan of Baron Corbin prior too because he does. He's not that dude that wants to be a cool heel. He's the guy that wants you to hate him, and there aren't that many of those guys left. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I- I agree. I, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. I think it's a nice. I think it's done more to give me an interest in Baron Corbin than before. I think he's kind of relatively bland before the lone wolf thing. Like, what is that? Right. Um, at least now he's like an entitled kind of spoiled rich kid, you know. And there's a you know it kind of counter to the more blue collar culture of pro wrestling. I I think that I think it's cool, and I think it's cool that you can create an establishment character like that. That you can actually put into a wrestling match. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily clicked at full cylinders with Finn Balor, but I, I do think with the right opponent, I, I think there's something to that character. I think it's an interesting take. I, I applaud taking a chance on it. It's definitely something different. You know? I, I understand where you're coming from, and I see, like, I understand where you're coming from, too, Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it It's a change, though, that makes him less, uh, like, Dangerous, less of a monster heel type. Sure. Uh, like those things are like he's just another one of the guys. A little bit on the kind of bigger guy, but still just a, I mean, because he's a big old dude, but I just don't, I'm, I, I don't see a big old dude in, in there now when I see him out there. And, and, I, and honestly, um, like I don't see a lot of inspiration uh, in be- between bells when, when the wrestling's going on. Like I don't see. Uh, I, I, he's, he's missing something there. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, listening to Denise explain what she wanted to see from a guy like Baron Corbin, I think what she described was Drew McIntyre, right? Who yeah. Is yeah like pretty much. The, yep. the blueprint for what you kind of want to see in a, in a big bad man. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I don't know. I mean, am I, am I completely off base about that? I think he's probably the best big guy in the company right now. No, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like, I feel like if he, I feel like if 
this whole thing wasn't focused on Roman Reigns, I feel a guy like Drew McIntyre would be the one to put the focus on. He's got the look, he's got the talent, he's got everything you need, and I feel like he would be somebody to kind of build the company around. He will be. Yeah. He will yeah. be. Watch. Mark my words, everybody. Or everyone. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it is one of those things, I don't know that there's been as, as successful a transition from NXT to the main roster as Drew McIntyre in recent memory. Because I agree with you. I think that him and Brock would have been a far more entertaining bout, but obviously they had different plans. Yeah. I think that him and Dolph here with teamed up against Rollins and a returning Ambrose puts him in a, in a spotlight to get a lot of attention, keep him more than warm, and then depending on how the chips fall after SummerSlam, he seems like he's in a more than good spot at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Question. That's how I, how I feel. Awesome. So right. well, uh, pretty much, and then uh, NXT. Obviously, we have Gargano and Champa now because Alistair Black had surgery. So, uh, do you think is this a conclusion to the storyline earlier than they expected, or is this going to continue? I would love to see it go all the way to WrestleMania, but what else can they do at this point? It's last man standing, and they've done everything already. I don't see any reason the feud ever has to stop. Right, men hate each other. <laughs> obviously, hate each other. So yeah, but they, so so. Uh... But, you know, Johnny was supposed to be gone. He was supposed to be done. And now he's back. And how, how is, like, is, was that, do you think this, shit. Do you think that they plan to yeah. put Johnny back in this Yeah, I was wondering if this is just like how they were going to do it eventually. And this, they just had to do it quicker now because, you know, I guess maybe Al- Alistair's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and I I kind of like the Johnny Gargano broken, desperate, yeah. rabid man. You know that he yeah. came out from the last Champa match. I th- I thought that was great. You know, it kind of reminds me of Eddie Edwards right now in Impact, where it's mm-hmm. like, yes, that's that's what that guy has needed for a yeah. while, right? To be able to go there and and pull from that, you know, kind of psychosis into to mix with their their general character. It blended so well. I would have loved to have seen it gone on for a little bit longer, but you know. You got to do what you got to do, and who better to take on Champa to take over the main event than Johnny Gargano? And it just and it just seems like it, it almost seems like oh, this is what they had planned all along. Hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's not, but I mean, it's. I think they did a pretty good job, actually, of like you know, making something happen, like you know, out of a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I'll put you on the spot, Nick. Will Gargano and Champa be the best match of the weekend, including both big shows? That's a great question. I mean, it, it does seem like with this cluttered as the SummerSlam card is, I don't know how many long matches we're going to get, right? TakeOver notoriously gives guys a little bit more time to go out there and put on those kinds of matches that resonate with, with hardcore fans a little bit better. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it probably will still the weekend. I think you're right. How many more matches? On NXT, sh- on the TakeOver show. How many more matches? We have Adam Cole, Ricochet, Shayna, Kairi Sane, and then the for Undisputed Era. Um, and then we have the Velveteen Dream match with EC3 as well. I want to see Adam yeah, Cole and matches. Ricochet. Yeah, dude. Me too. Yeah. One, two, three, yeah, so I'm looking for that. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, I like Velveteen Dream EC3. I think EC3 is going to be another guy like Drew McIntyre that's going to very easily transition to the main roster of yeah. WWE and be a big success. Yeah, I think he'll do better there than in NXT, actually. 
Isn't that weird? I think the exact same thing. I don't yeah. even know why they're putting him in NXT, you know? Because that's, cause that's how you do it. I think they, they're just doing that. That's how you do it. Like, you know, first you start here, then you go here, you know. Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. I just, I don't, I think he should just, yeah, forget here. NXT and go, go right to the main roster. He already did his tour of duty in yeah. developmental. He went out and found a character and came back. I, I think that guy's ready to go. I was there, and I would like I would come and visit that uh, FCW back then when he was there, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was God. It, like when I seen him as EC three, I didn't even know it was the same guy, Nick. I couldn't even believe it when I realized it was him, and 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 I was like, oh my God. Talk about missing the boat on someone or just not seeing something in someone that's right there. Man, I was so kind. And it didn't happen. And I, there's, it's so far off. I don't think it'll ha- ever happen now. It doesn't really make sense. But I really wanted to keep him and Dixie together. She had come over. She did the WWE Network interview and stuff. And, you know, she had left Impact and everything. I was like, man. I I got I wanted to see Vic, I wanted to see Dickie, Dixie in that role because I thought that she could kind of get that Vicky Guerrero heat. I yeah. thought that she'd be really good in that role. Yeah, I I don't have a problem with that whatsoever as long as she's not in charge of anything. <laughs> and you know she would have loved to do that. By the way, she would have loved it. Uh huh. Oh, Stephanie McMahon, you know, it's nice to promote women from within. Such a strong track record in the professional wrestling business. You're taking over Raw, writes itself. Oh boy. Uh huh. All right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're ever going to know what the C stands for, I don't think, in, in EC3. Hey, Marcus, do I do this NHTSA thing now? Uh, I think we should we should wait until we're finished up here with Nick, and then we'll hit that before. All right. Cool. All right. You want me to just plug the Nash party here? And the, yeah, the man. Chip? Okay. Hey, Nick. What's hey, up, Sean? Hey, um, I hear you have a, uh, a SummerSlam viewing party in Chicago. I do. Yeah. Sean, I, I'm doing it with uh, you've of course been to our some our, our pay per view parties here in Chicago, but yeah. I'm doing another one with a friend of yours. Oh yeah, who? Oh, it's uh, well you know you may have seen him in Magic Mike, right? Or or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Ooh. But you may you may more commonly known him from professional wrestling. It's a big sexy Kevin Nash. Wow. Yeah, that was brutal actually just now. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you, you mean the, yeah, brand- the party's not going to be brutal? The party's going to be great. You mean the brand new big league <laughs> wrestling champion, Kevin Nash? That's the same one, Kevin yeah. Nash. Yeah, Nash is coming to Chicago. It's going down this Sunday at Duffy's uh, Bar and Grill. It's 420 West Diversity, not a joke. And uh, it's a great bar. We're going to have room for about 200 people. Over half the tickets are already gone, they're 50 bucks a piece. You get Nash for. The whole entirety of SummerSlam, so eight hours of entertainment. Nash doing commentary, taking photos, doing autographs. Uh, we're going to be doing some giveaways. There'll be drink and uh, food specials there as well. Oh, there's about 200 people we fit in the back room. 50-plus flat-screen TVs there. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful sports bar. Uh, come on out. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. These things are always a blast, and uh, this will be no different. Yeah. It, it sounds like a blast. It does. Can't wait. It is. It's awesome. I think you can get the tickets on Eventbrite. Just look up Kevin Nash's official Chicago SummerSlam viewing party. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I don't know if that. I don't know if that was a hard cut or not. No, I'd it's. Fuck. There's no cuts. Keep going. Okay. okay. Well, also, <laughs> also, uh, I have. I would like to plug this here as well, since it's in the relative uh, time frame here. Uh, August twenty uh, third at Zany's in Rosemont, Illinois, right outside Chicago. Uh, live with Jr. and the King, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler That's right. are going to be doing a stage show. Uh, I'll be hosting this show while they're in Chicago. They want me to come prepared with a lot of Attitude Era questions to ask 
Jerry, and Jim. Uh, I encourage you to bring your own questions as well. We're going to open it up to everybody. I am told nothing is off limits, so come ready to ask whatever you like. And uh, I think it's going to be a great event. You can go to zanies.com to get the tickets for uh, Live with JR and the King. I can think of a few questions I'd, I'd like to throw into that hat. Is it a bad idea that I want to come dressed as a dog so I can do puppies jokes like the entire time? I want like a dog onesie with like the big floppy Nick, ears. You, you got to do it, man. Do I? Yeah, just for the simple fact that no one on earth would ever get what you were trying to do. I'm just sitting on stage dressed as a dog onesie interviewing JR and Jerry Lawler. Yeah. I'm a, oh. What are you? What are you doing? I'm, I'm a puppy. Huh? Well, you need more right than now. one, right? Hey, that was me. That that was another one. Hey, I was the one that did this. I was the one that coined that phrase puppies when it comes to uh, uh, Deborah's uh, puppies. Oh. We were, I'm going to tell you how it happened, too. And I've heard other people say they did it, but it's bullshit. And not like it's some big thing you want to take credit for, but it was just one night. Like, I just, like, you know, Jeff would take... Jeff Jeff Jarrett would bring Deborah to the ring with him, but he wouldn't utilize her for anything. It was like he was ignoring her, and I was like, "God damn, man! Like, this is, it's. I mean, it's, it's great. It's 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 so easy. Like this stuff's so easy. So like, I was like, hey, you know, I just got on the mic one time and I said, let those puppies breathe or some stupid shit like that, and it caught on. And I got that term because like there was this morning radio show in Tampa called the Ron and Ron show, Ron Diaz and Ron Bennington. Ron Bennington's on Sirius Satellite now. But uh that's what they did. They called that's what they referred to the uh the female breast as puppies. And so that's where that came from. Nowhere else. I deserve all the credit for that, Nick. <laughs> and I you want know, you to give it that, to me. Suck it, wrestler's court. I mean you're you've done it all, Sean. All the we, good stuff, like all the really <laughs> good, important stuff, I came up with. <laughs> uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm at WZ Rebel over on Twitter. Of course, WrestleZone.com. Go there every day for all of your news. Um, and you can be like Sean too. If you see things you don't like on the site, message me, um, and uh, we'll do our best to clean it up and, and satisfy your uh, your every pro wrestling news desire. I if promise. you didn't say that, no one would even known. Come on! You, you send me messages. You're like, this is wrong. This well, you shouldn't spell like like your guy. You guys shouldn't spell the somebody important's name wrong. That's all. Well, I was yeah. trying to keep it between you and me, but you had to, you know, air it in front of everyone now. So I always come on here and I say, how much trouble can I get in? That's yeah. always the goal. Thanks a lot, Nick. Appreciate you joining us. Anyways, hey you guys. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving, right? Yes. You could get in a crash. People could get hurt or killed, but let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics. Almost 29 people in the United States die every day in alcohol-impaired vehicle crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades, drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year. Drunk driving can also have a big impact on your wallet. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Simple. Please plan a safe ride home before you start drinking. Designate a sober driver or call a taxi or Uber or Lyft. we got two other options now. Um, 
If someone you know has been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. That's what a good friend would do. Don't worry about pissing them off. So, yeah. And, uh, and we all know the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. So drive sober or get pulled over. Well said. Yeah? Absolutely. Drive sober or get pulled over. I can't, I can't agree with that anymore. I've, I've had, um, you know, I've had, I've had a DUI. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, I'm not proud of that. And I paid the co- I paid the consequences, and you will too if you go out there and drive drunk or high. It's a harsh lesson you don't want to learn. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, um, crap. I think hey, that's our show. I think it is. But let's talk about uh, the the Xbox One Two Three Sixty Live at the bootleg real quick. Xbox One Two Three Sixty Live Wednesday. August 29th at the bootleg, 7.30, doors open. Show starts at 8.30. Uh, $20 general admission tickets, $50 VIPs. If you want to come hang out with Sean, take some pictures, get some autographs. Right now we have Brody King, possibly Open Mike Eagle will be there doing a performance. We'll have tons of other guests we can't advertise right now, but definitely yeah. come check it out. It'll be something. One of my dear, one of my dear last, uh, friends that's a stand-up comedian and uh, – uh, I I did another live show with him last year around here, a couple of them. So, mm, so yeah, great. he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm sure there's going to be some other great guests. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely something to come experience our first live show. Take it yeah, in. it's going to be great. Uh, follow Sean on Twitter at the Real Xbox. Thank all the fans that have rode with us from episode one to episode 100 right now, and have supported and listened and continue to, and we appreciate all that. Uh, YouTube.com slash XPOC. Go and subscribe. Once we get to 1,000 subscribers, we're going to do a really fun giveaway, and that's where the show will live from now on. We'll be taping at Afterbus Studios, but subscribe to XPOC on YouTube, and that's where you'll get all your content and original content that all of us here at the show are coming up with. It'll be great. Uh, August 25th, he'll be Sean will be in Chicago at Pro Wrestling Tees doing uh, Customer Appreciation Day from 12 to 3. Go check that out. And then August 29th is our live show at the Bootleg. And then September 26th, you head to Japan. So All stay right. posted on Sean's social media at the Real Xbox. And Why I want to thank and I want to thank Kobayashi. He's yeah. in studio. Right, come here, come here real quick. Hayaku <laughs> Kurosai. Hey. This is Kobe for the people watching. This is Kobayashi. He's from Weekly Pro Wrestling. There you go. Yeah, uh, they call it in, in Japan. They call it Baseball Magazine. Yeah. It's a pro, it's a pro wrestling magazine, but they call it Baseball Magazine Shaw, which is very Japanese thing to do. Uh, awesome. Thank you for coming. And, and Kobayashi's here to uh, talk to me about my trip to Japan coming up. So okay. thanks for coming, Kobayashi. Thank you. He's like, what the hell did you do that to me for? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, yes, it was, a, it's been a sad week, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, the show, this, today's show may be a little rough because of that. Um, uh, I'm happy though that we can end it right now. Uh, and I feel good and have a smile on my face and I hope you guys. And you know, your fans are going to take solace in listening and hopefully it can be cathartic yeah. for people and bring us all together. Yeah. And it's our 100th show, so that's a big applause right. to that because, like, we've done 100 shows yeah. now. So, woo. yeah, I, I we would I think we would have um, we would have taken more time to celebrate this as the 100th show if there hadn't have been so many other things, you know, that uh, ended up on 
you know, on everyone's plate this this week. So uh, thanks everyone. Like you know, like Jimbo said for for being with us. You know, through a hundred shows, and boy, it's come a little ways, right? Man, my first show was pretty brutal. Oh man, you know, like I I not like. <laughs> So you know it's pretty bad when like I have I have Scott Hall on the show and I announce him as my brother from another mother. <laughs> I couldn't come up with shit. Remember that? Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, I can't believe I just said yeah, that. Yeah, you even said you're like, I can't believe oh, I no. just said. That. And Scott was like, I can't either. That was just terrible. Oh. So yeah, all right. Love you guys. I love everyone, um, and I'm so grateful for everyone that tunes into this show each week. Yeah, and no. everyone that works behind the scenes from Kevin and Maria and yes. Phil and yeah. Marissa and Mark to everyone who's ever helped on this show, the TKs, the Anises, the Christy Olsen. Yeah, Christy Olsen, TK Trinidad. Watch, watch TK Trinidad on her own show, uh, uh, Women's, Women's Pro, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, all right, everyone. I love you guys very much, and uh, we'll see you next week right here on X-Pac 12360 on Westwood One and Jericho Network. Coming to you live from After Buzz TV Studios. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network.